1: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
2: Our number one in the can. We begin our number two. And that, my friends, will include a daily gamut. Holy snikes! I know, I know. Losing money is no fun. Winning is, though. The BetQL app uses proven data and analytics to help you make smarter bets. BetQL looks at every bet from every game and ranks them on a scale of from one to five star. You guys have done this with us before. With those five star bets being your best chance to cash in. Get started today. Download the BetQL app or visit BetQL.com. Um uh, We've, we've talked about it a little bit. We'll talk about it more in the 5 o'clock hour. Carlos Correa agrees to a six-year, $200 million deal with the Twins pending a physical. Now, <gasps> technically, he's failed two physicals in a row. So there's no guarantees. Twins but, are like, knock $175 million <laughs> in four years off your price and we'll take you. But it sounds like uh, they are more comfortable. They were. Uh, this was written... Like after the first uh pick failed up. physical yeah in in um in San Francisco, and that was uh that the twins who have had him for a season felt comfort more comfortable with it, which is why they were willing to offer the money, and I believe their deal was for about this amount, the original, one. but so they just held <laughs> clearly and... clearly, there were other teams that um not having seen the pictures of of his leg felt like he was worth in one case 175 million dollars more and in another case 115 million dollars what the heck did they did they find like a little gremlin it, in there it, or something no, it, it sounds like they're not sure how the equipment in his leg is going to age as he ages you know what i'm saying mm. they're not like as, he's already had surgery before he's had surgery and whatever it is that they look at they're not sure over time how it will fare okay and so that seems to be the uh, the, the the hiccup or it's not a hiccup no more. That seems to be why he didn't end up in those two uniforms. We'll find out more I gotta from Dan say, Hayes at the 5 o'clock hour. i,
3: I got to say, congratulations to those those doctors of the team for really yeah, putting their foot down. It's
2: congratulations right now here on January 10th. Five years from now, if Carlos Correa is putting up the same numbers okay, he's putting right, up now, right, right. there ain't going to be too many congratulations no, you're right. at that point. It's like, what did you see in his ankle? <laughs> right, because that's my... that's. I don't. Th- I, I certainly don't fault the doctors for making the decisions they made. Their job is on the line, so of course. But I will say, the man has been playing baseball for I think for like eight years since this thing happened, maybe seven since this original broken leg happened. I, I, I didn't realize he's, how young he was. He's been playing in with this whatever in his leg for however many years, and he's only just been one of the best players in the league. So you know. We'll see. Maybe the doctors are right. We'll find out years from then. And this is one of those things that, you know, we may not find out for a while. We could find out, you know, next year. Maybe something happens. But uh, to this point, there's no evidence evidence that uh, there's anything wrong with his leg. So I know this is a tough pill I assume to swallow. Oh yeah. For Carlos Correa. I mean, don't get me wrong. Two hundred million dollars is a ton of money. No, but he lost a hundred. <laughs> he lost hundred Seventy five in one case, he lost one hundred and fifteen in another. So I, I just don't know how I handle that. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, honestly, I don't know how. You're not a little bitter about it. Oh, I'll you let's, have to let's be. Let's be, be frank. You about have it. to be. You got to be. A, you got to be feeling some type of way, regardless of knowing that these guys, the people who made the decision, they got jobs too that they're, they're, they are responsible for. You don't care anything about that. All you are probably thinking, at least. All I think I would be thinking about at this point is, man, you know, I haven't been hurt. This leg hasn't had been an issue over the past, since I broke it. It hasn't been an issue But now that you
3: want to pay me all this money, it is an issue. I
2: would feel feel some type of ways, Greg.
3: Uh, I would, too. The way you put it like that, it
2: definitely would rub me the wrong way. You know me. I'm all about fair. I tell you what, too. It's a good thing that both of those teams are not in the same league as him because they don't have to they only have to see him one time a year at this point unless no because it's got new schedule is you play everybody outside of your division at least one time so he won't be able to terrorize the Giants or the Mets the way I'm sure he is I'm sure he has them in a in a black book somewhere of teams <laughs> that he plans to destroy
3: I would love to see all of that just having Incredible numbers against those two teams. A
2: couple news and notes. Uh, we were since we're on baseball. Uh, I'll continue down that path. We mentioned Trevor Story decided to have. He's already actually had the UCL surgery. He's scheduled to miss some time. Although it sounds like he's done a different procedure that could allow him to get back on the field sooner. Um, it's a little different for him. He's a you know premium position player. Him being a DH um, will be a little bit different than Bryce Harper. It's going to be a little harder to absorb that. Uh, for the Boston Red Sox. Hopefully we wish him nothing but a speedy recovery recovery in the NFL side. Uh to a tagoviola. <laughs> Dang it <laughs> yeah. I was to a tag there of Viola.
4: <laughs> to a uh, Yeah,
2: yeah, both of those. Uh he's still in the concussion protocol at this point. And uh they're hoping for more clarity tomorrow. Uh in terms of Lamar Jackson. He is uh sounds like he is preparing to play Sunday uh, against the Bengals in Cincinnati. So uh, we will uh, keep you abreast about that. To a
1: tongue of Vola.
2: To a tongue of Vola. That works, too. Uh, I think all three work, actually. Hey, yeah,
1: all three work. The <laughs> answer's <laughs> to all three. <laughs> uh,
2: but we do have to follow up on this daily gamut we took last night.
1: Do you like money?
2: I think
5: about money oh, a lot.
1: Gwen and Chris go through the top bets of the day in The Daily Gambit on 97.3 The Fan.
3: Daily Gambit is our daily sports betting segment here on Gwen and Chris. Before we get started, as always, please gamble responsibly, everybody. And if you gambled responsibly last night, you are not going to be too mad at yourself. But if you're like me... And if I actually did bet money, I would have lost a lot of money last night. Because I was on TCU's side, thinking that they were going to complete some of the bets. Silly you. Yeah, silly me. Georgia, we bet on a 12.5 point spread.
5: (laughs) I think they covered.
3: (laughs) 65 They covered like three times. Four times. Yeah, 65 to 7. Spread should have been 50 points or something. Uh, The total score in the game was over under 62.5. And Georgia covered on their own. That never happens. No, that's that crazy. That never happens. They scored 65 points. Uh, Tony, you said over. Chris said under. I said over, so we were wrong on that one. But the previous one, you and Chris both said Georgia were going to cover the spread easily. First half bet, Georgia's spread, six and a half points, and, and they were the favorites, obviously. All three of us took TCU, thinking it would be a little bit closer at halftime. It was not. Georgia led 38-7 to seven at the half. Yeah. Georgia first quarter spread. That would
2: be my spread. last miss of, of this day the Gambit.
3: <laughs> Georgia first quarter spread. They were uh, favored by three points. Chris and I took Georgia. You took TCU. Or no. No. Yeah, sorry. Chris oh, and man. Tony took Georgia. I took TCU. Georgia was up by 10, 17 7. So nothing is hitting for TCU. The alternate spread for TCU was plus seven and a half. It was close, but no cigar. Chris and Tony took Georgia once again. I took TCU. Mm. TCU team total under 25 and a half. So finally, I can finally win a bet for TCU, right? Wrong. I took the over on this one. Mm. Chris, this was his bet of the day under (laughs) 25 and a half points. Tony took under as well. So that definitely happened. They only scored seven. And believe it or not, the same game parlay we did last night, plus 827 for all three of these. It was to have Max Duggan have an anytime touchdown. That happened in the first quarter. Yes, he ran a touchdown in. So check that one off the box or off the uh, checklist. Bennett steps in. Bennett the fourth over under or no over .5 interceptions. He did not throw an interception last night. I didn't thing. think so, but
2: I didn't watch the whole game. I was hoping maybe he threw no he one he, late.
3: Threw, he played one of the cleanest games any <laughs> quarterbacks
2: ever played. And then uh,
3: highest scoring half. The bet was to have the second half be the highest scoring, and that lost out by eight points. It was forty-five points in the first half combined, and thirty-seven in the second half. Tony, you said this I was, was going to hit.
2: I was the only one who said it would.
3: That's surprisingly, there... it came pretty close at the end there. with did. the highest scoring of the Bennett second half? Bennett just
2: needed really the interception. That would have been that to put it over the top, right? Because uh, he had to go, he had yes. to throw one interception.
3: Yes, yes,
2: but it was closer than I thought for yeah.
3: sure. Uh, last one, Lakers in Nuggies, Denver Nuggets in Denver last night. The Nuggets were 13-point favorites in this game. Chris took the Lakers. No, Tony took the Lakers. Chris and I took the Nuggets, but it pushed. It was 122-109, so we don't have to worry about anything Wait. there.
2: Uh, so it's right at 13. It has to be over or under that?
3: Yep. It, well, it, sometimes they do the half point. Sometimes they do the – but since they did an even numbered point, yeah. it's a push. Yeah. Now I love the day after things championships happen because then you get the way too early stuff and here are the way too early odds. This is where Scraby lives. Right oh here. yeah, I love this way stuff. too early. Categories. Love this stuff. The way too early odds to be selected number one in the uh, overall in the NFL draft. Bryce Young of Alabama minus one twenty five, the heavy favorite. C.J. Stroud plus one seventy five, and then you got it's going to be uh, one of those two, possibly. Because, you know, the Bears do have the first pick, so they're not going to be number
2: one overall unless they trade. And I quote, um, where did I find that quote? Where did it go? It disappeared. I think the GM said something. Oh, here it is. His last name is Poles. Okay. Uh, Must be blown away to draft a QB number one overall.
3: Um... Yeah, you have a pretty good one there. In here's the thing, in, you have a
2: pretty good one there in Chicago. Here's the thing, um, was their quarterback Fields?
3: Yeah, Justin Fields.
2: He was starting over Bryce Young when he was, or excuse me, C J. Stroud, right? Yeah, C J. Stroud. He's at o- Ohio State. Yes. Uh, when he was there, so I mean, I mean, he was the starting quarterback. You, so you're going to replace one because I mean, you're talking Stroud or Bryce Young, really seem to be the clear cut. Favorites to be the, the f- number one pick in in the draft. I see. I don't get these odds now that I'm thinking about it because the Bears
3: are likely not to take a quarterback. So how could these guys be the odds unless
2: a trade happens? They, I mean, it's not like the odds makers don't do outlandish stuff or that thing stuff that we think is outlandish True. and then it ends up being somewhere in the ballpark. True. I don't think they'll take Bryce Young. That's the quarterback out of Alabama. C.J. Stroud is the quarterback out of D.
5: Ohio, Ohio State. State University.
2: And so, I don't know. Are are they better than We're than going Fields? to... Um, I don't think so. No, I don't think so either. They might be better throwers right at this point, but Fields might have more upside than
3: Bones. I've seen either the Colts trade up to get to the number one spot Ooh, so they man, can get the best. What
2: in the world are the Bears going to get for that number one pick? Because it... It's likely it to, it's likely gonna bring in a load, and they could use a load. So I mean, they could use a bunch of different players.
3: I say Bears trade your number one pick and get a bunch of picks in the draft. So we'll keep an eye on that. Now the NCAA, the NCAA, the NCAA football twenty twenty three way too early national championship betting lines and odds. Georgia, the favorite to win for a third year in a row, plus three hundred. Alabama, plus six hundred. Ohio State, plus seven hundred. Michigan plus 800, and uh, then you got the rest of the the teams. Now, one of the websites that I saw said to take the Florida State Seminoles at plus 2,000 to be a surprise for the national championship next year. I don't know how good the Seminoles are going to be next year, but that's the bet. Plus 2,000 is a good value bet. Put down $100. If they end up winning the national championship, you get 2,000 back. So uh, I think that's what they're saying there with the value bet. Last one is going to be Heisman Trophy odds for 2023. Caleb Williams is leading the pack at USC for just back-to-back Heisman. Yeah,
2: one this year. So. Uh,
3: plus So 400. And then uh, some guys I've never really even heard of. I mean, I've heard of them, but I haven't really seen them play a lot yet. But Drake May, North Carolina, plus 1,000. Bo um, Nix can play. Bo Nix can definitely play. Uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. He's all the way at the bottom at Mm -hmm. plus 5,000. He can definitely play. There were also rumors that Marvin Harrison Jr. could enter the transfer portal. To SC. I saw that. But he poured cold water on it. Oh, he did? He did. All right. Well, thank you for pouring cold water on my report. Uh, Michael Penix Jr. Don't tell RG3 his last name because (laughs) he's going to make a joke about it. That's the only reason I brought it up is because RG3... I had some really funny jokes about Michael Penix Jr.'s name, but uh, that's it for some of the Daily Gambit today. We'll get into the playoff stuff later in the week.
2: Indeed. Let's uh, step away. Let's get to break. When we come back, Aztecs in action tonight against Nevada. We'll talk uh, some college basketball when we return. We're going to Chris. Here's some traffic.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.
2: Three twenty-two on the clock. Tony Gwynn Jr., Matt Scravey, Chris Ello rejoins on Gwynn and Chris. Aztecs in action tonight against the Nevada Wolf Pack. Battle Wolf Pack. Last of the unbeaten. Very in the good, M- Tony. Thank you. Thank you. Last of the unbeaten in the Mountain West. Both teams come into this game undefeated, and uh, the Aztecs um, have won 12 of their last 13 Mountain West games, including the 7-0 marking conference home contests and wins of it in its, each of its last 10 games against the Wolfpack in VAS Arena. So a lot going for them, Chris. Uh, this Nevada team, I, I, love that. I, I would say, is a surprise uh, in terms of where they're at in the conference right now. But nevertheless, another test for the Aztecs. Yeah, I don't know that they should be
6: listed as, as big a surprise as they are. I mean, they were picked ninth because they lost uh, three players to transfer portal last year. One of them was Grant Scherfeld, who was a little guard who could score about 30 a game, Tony, and gave the Aztecs headaches the last couple of years. He transferred to Oklahoma State. But, you know, Steve Alford, I'm not a Steve Alford fan, yeah, you but I will say clear. this, he can coach. Yeah, yeah, I've made it pretty clear, and he's given me a lot of reasons why I don't like him. I mean, he's pretty arrogant and not my style, but, you know, he's a pretty good coach, and I'm not surprised that he's got this Nevada team playing good good basketball. I think on paper, though, the Aztecs, you know, should be in good shape. It's a late-night game for television, 8 o'clock. You know, Aztecs need to be ready because I'm still not – you know, sold 100% on this Aztec defense. I mean, Wyoming shot 58% the other day. That is very un-Aztec-like. And I think tonight the Aztecs are going to really look to clamp down a little bit defensively. They have not been as good defensively as teams we've seen in the past. And that's the one thing that concerns me. Offensively, they're doing pretty well. You know, they seem to find weapons every night and score their 60, 70. The other day they got 80 points. But defensive end, half-court defense has not been – you know, as dominant as I've seen in the past, and that's what I want to start seeing tonight.
2: Yeah, this will be their 16th game of the season, and I just think back to uh, to to talking. You know, when we were talking about the Aztecs, and uh, Coach, Coach Velasquez told us, you know, they yeah. they hope to be playing their best defense by the end of the season. He, he said early on, this is usually how it goes. You wonder at what point. That starts to turn. You see the Aztecs, counting tomorrow's game, have 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15 regular season games left. So we're about to halfway mark right now. And so I think you're right. I think that's the thing that we'll be looking looking at as this season moves along is does the defense start to get to the level that we're used to seeing it at? I think – to this point, overall, the offense has been a step up from what we've seen in the past. Uh, but defensively, yeah. you're right. That's where they've hung their hat over the past, I don't know, 10, 15 years. Uh, hasn't quite got up to that to that level. However, you know, there's still season for them to kind of get that going in the right direction.
6: Yeah, it doesn't mean that they won't get there. Right, And, uh, you know, Wyoming was making a lot of difficult shots the other day. So I don't think it was all on the Aztecs' defense, but... I think that's something they'll definitely focus on tonight, and the other thing I'm looking forward to watching tonight is Jaden Ledee. Yeah, had a nice game uh, that last week. You know, week. we keep hearing about how good this guy is, and he really came up with a good game against Wyoming, eight points, nine rebounds, didn't miss a shot from the field, and, you know, if they, it, look, if they can get a consistent third score, you know, well, you know, with Bradley, and, you know, the other day, Lamont Butler stepped up and, and, and kind of picked up the slack a little bit, but... You know, if they get a consistent third score with Trammell and Bradley and Ladie, you know, and then you get bonus stuff from Lamont Butler and Netsa and Keisha Johnson, you know, <laughs> it's going to be a good thing. Mark Ziegler said it last week when he was on with us, Tony. He said the Aztecs are probably a little step ahead of the rest of the teams in this conference. Tonight's tonight, they got to prove it. You know, they yeah. need to stay above the fray because everybody's knocking everybody off right now, and hopefully the Aztecs can, uh, you know, remain the only unbeaten and get back, get into first place where they should be.
2: Yeah, and the, the interesting part was you did have Lamont Butler step up. Matt Bradley did his thing. But, you know, some of the guys that we had been used to seeing put up, especially Darian Trammell, he didn't have yeah. his best game. And the fact that they still put up 80 and they only had two guys score in double figures. Uh, that speaks to that depth that we've talked a ton about. You get to 80 points on the road at Wyoming, and only two guys uh, score double figures. Uh, that's yeah. a, that's a that's a sign that this offense is at a different pace, which we've talked about. But again, it's all going to reside uh, on the defensive side. Now, out there in Fresno, the girls play them. The women play tomorrow, correct?
6: Yeah, tomorrow night uh, against Fresno State. It's nice for Stacy Terry Hudson because she'll get to see her husband tomorrow. <laughs> That's right. Uh, J- Justin Hudson is actually coaching Fresno State tonight at San Jose State, but he is going to be back in Fresno tomorrow. So I think the coach will be in a good mood, and uh, you know it'll be a nice little test for the for the girls because they're coming off their first conference loss. So you know you you always wonder how's the team going to react after their first you know punch in the mouth a little bit. And we'll find out tomorrow night. So I'm looking forward to the game.
2: Yeah, no doubt about it. Chris, if you haven't picked up on it, is up at Fresno State as uh, the women get ready to take care of business tomorrow. The Aztecs on the men's side, they have Nevada uh, tonight at home, and they'll have New Mexico on Saturday night at home. So uh, right. the, the the Mountain West Conference, as you know, if you follow this team, it doesn't get easier. It just it, The games keep coming. The matchups remain pretty much the same up and down we'll see how the Aztecs can uh, do in tonight's action. All right, let's uh step away, get to break. When we come back, college football. Kirk Kenny will join us next. Morgan and Chris on the way.
1: Guests in San Diego sports talk appear on 97.3 The Fan.
2: We're talking to uh, Joe Musgrove, Padres uh, All Star.
6: When you do find out who's the first call, is it mom? Is it dad? Is it the girlfriend? What's that conversation like?
4: Yeah, I had to call the girlfriend first. Oh yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, you're I smart. Talking that morning, I was, I was like, you know, today's the day. I'm either going to be an All Star or not.
3: And I called her right after, as soon as I could, and tried to, you know, share a little bit of that instant excitement with her.
1: Listen to Ben and Woods weekdays from six to ten on 97.3 seven three The Fan. Hey, it's Coach Quintero for Valvoline Instant Oil Change. Your 15 minutes or less drive-through oil change reminds you that you can actually stay in your car while it's being serviced. Technicians won't get in your car or touch your keys. Plus, feel safe with no-touch payment, and your invoice will actually be emailed to you. Not driving as much, don't need an oil change. 335
2: on the clock, Tony Gwynn Jr., Chris Ello, still with us. Matt Scraby as well. We'll talk to Kirk Kenny here coming up, San Diego Union-Tribune. The Aztecs were able to bring in a nice transfer portal, portal piece. We'll explain when Kirk comes on. I, I do want to follow up on the what? How should we phrase this whole the TMZ story of doo, the doo, doo. of the U.S. men's <laughs> national soccer team? Um, he's uh, it, it it involves embattled in coach Greg uh, burhalter and. Uh, the Renee family, meaning son and you know what? To the son's or credit. To, or, excuse me is it, what did I say, Reina? I said Raina. You said Renee. Oh, I'm sorry, Reina's family. Um, and listen, to his credit, Gio, the son, has really not been involved in any of the T M Z element of it. He did he had his mistake. He was he was punished for it. And has really since moved on. However, uh, his mom and dad have not. And that was uh, the story that was released as it pertains to uh, Greg Berhalter and his, at the time, girlfriend. At What was it, 30, 30-something years ago, I think it uh, was. 1991. 1991. So, yeah, 32 years ago at this point. And um, apparently, you know, burhalter has received some. Uh, defense from his players. A couple of the players, uh, DeAndre Yedlin and Walker Zimmerman, have praised Greg Hul- Bullhalter. They have his back. They want him to return. We'll see how this thing all unfolds. Uh, there was a report that came out that uh, uh, the the national team had been trying to get other coaches during this period of time. They have been rebuffed in a couple of different cases. So uh, we'll see how this thing unfolds. And And, Chris, I brought that up. Uh, because I, I, I mentioned it at the time, you wonder how some of the players feel. And it, and it seems like at least these two uh, would like to see Burlter back.
6: Yeah, I, I don't think anybody's really bothered by something that happened 31 years ago yeah, or 32 years ago. So, you know, I, this is all, I think, water under the bridge to the players on this squad. And, you know, they don't want any any more controversy than there already needs to be surrounding that team. and. Right you know, let us focus on soccer, let us play. And, you know, I think Halter, you know, did a nice job. I mean, he got them to the elimination round of the World Cup. I think that's what people thought the goal really was coming into that tournament. And, you know, they got that far. Now, hopefully they can take some steps forward. I mean, you know, everybody we talked to said that the World Cup team is really trying to gear up for a run four years from now. So anything they did in this World Cup was going to be gravy and you know, I think you go back to square one with a new coach.
2: Yeah, no, there's there's uh, there's there is uh, this is this is a, a story that I think for the most part is going to take place outside of whatever happens on on the pitch, because certainly you just have the feeling that the dudes on that team they're going to want them back. So we'll, we'll see how this unfolds. Now, Scraby, you had a, a, a little issue today. Uh, or last middle. night. It last was a medical night. emergency. He calls it a what medical What happened? Well, let's, let's hear the story. So y- you set out to do some grooming of your own. Uh, uh, on my dog. On your dog.
3: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Explain. Well, uh, he has these really long nails, and he's got these dew claws, and so every time he jumps on me, he like... Scratches you. Scratches me, and, and it's not a big deal because he's a dog. Well, I decided to take it into my own hands, and I was going to clim... Hit or climb trim his toenails, or his nails, and I only cut off a little, little tiny bit of his nail, Chris and Tony. Um, I don't know if you guys knew this, but dogs apparently have blood flowing through their nails. And so I look back after Well, if you cut
6: all the way down
4: to
3: the No, that's not... See, I knew that (laughs) was going to happen. That's what I said, Chris. That's exactly what I said. I I tested out a little area first just to make sure it wasn't going to hurt him or anything like that. But there's blood in nails, and so I look over at this poor guy, and his his, his, uh, paw is covered in blood. He has white fur, and so he had red blood all over his... Obviously, that's what blood is. He had blood all over his paw. Thanks for the clarification. (laughs) But here's the thing. It was... It was all over the place. There was so much blood. I don't understand. Where, I, you,
2: I could see you no. in full panic mode.
3: I will go home and I will get the piece of gauze that I have and show you, no, that's Tony. Okay. I'll bring it in. It. I'll bring it in on Thursday and I'll put it into your bag so you can find it when you get home. But it's something that I wanted to tell people out there: be careful when you're clipping your dog's toenails because <laughs> it was scary.
2: I almost ran to the hospital. I'm surprised that you actually didn't make a trip to the hospital, knowing how much of a panic you get in, Chris. You can confirm. It, it would seem that you would have made a trip to the hospital. I'll tell you what I would do is I would
6: ask uh, the host of my show, uh, Chris and Tony, to to help me with the cost of taking my dog in and having <laughs> his nails trimmed professionally.
3: Well, no, and it's I not will about tell you that.
6: That I would, but I would be willing to help you there just to save the poor dog, Scraby. I, I don't know what you're gonna do to this dog. And I don't know poor, what the dog is going dog. to do to you in I retaliation was, for cutting his nails. No, so
3: he he honestly, this is a dangerous situation. First off, I only cut one nail, and I'm never cutting another one <laughs> so again.
2: Wait, he's walking around with just one
4: one trim. It's right honestly,
3: it's
2: barely. Yeah, he is.
3: He is. But it's, it's 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 it was it was it was horrific last night. I was freaking out. It was 10:30 at night. I put a little bit of a
2: gauze around his foot, and then I I put some tape around his foot. Now, how how did you how did you find out that when you when it was bleeding and you had no idea, huh? What how did you find out that this was uh, his nail of part of the deal?
3: Oh, uh, because I was searching his paw to you, see you if went I went to Google.
2: Why, oh oh yes, I yeah. went
3: to Google and I typed in what happens. Why is my dog? <laughs> Nail bleeding after I cut it, and it says that bleeding is normal for puppies and all this other stuff. So I felt a little bit better, but it was it didn't change the fact that there was a pool of blood on the ground.
2: That's 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 only something.
3: Scraby,
6: I am I'm going to give you my credit card and have you go in and get a professional nail trim for this. I did dog. already. The <laughs> dog deserves it. The dog deserves it, and you deserve it because I do not want to see you get in the middle of uh, trimming this all of the nails, and then the dog just it simply attacks you. And tears you from limb <laughs> to limb for 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 doing this to the poor helpless animal.
2: Yeah, uh, you know the again these things can only happen to Matthew Scraggy. No, so, no, yes. and, and other people because I
3: put it on Twitter and people were very uh, nice to me and told me don't worry about it happens all this other stuff. But little lucky right now is probably sitting at home thinking why did my dad cut my foot off? So,
2: yeah, don't do that. <laughs> why did my dad cut my foot off.
5: All right. Uh,
2: We do we have is traffic ready now? Uh we're going to go to traffic later. We're going to go to traffic later. However, right now, right now, Kirk Kenny joins the show. Kirk, welcome. How are you, brother? Happy New Year, guys. Happy New Year. Uh sounds like uh the Aztec football team uh had some had a pretty good day, especially in the uh, transfer portal. Tell us about uh, some of the new uh pieces
4: that will be joining uh on campus here. Well, they've picked up a couple guys so far. Last week, a uh, linebacker named Cody Moon, transferred from New Mexico, said he's coming. And then uh, a defensive lineman from Oklahoma State, Sam, let me say this right, Tui Halamaka, said he's coming. He's a super senior that uh, should help him on the defensive line where uh, they, they're losing all three of their starters.
6: Any chance that Brady Hoke can put a call into the University of Georgia and see if they have any seventh-string defensive players that want to get out of there and play some football? I mean, that team is so deep. You look around the SEC, you just wonder, you know, if teams in the Mountain West ever try to get guys that are sitting on a bench, you know, that, are, that obviously have
4: incredible talent,
6: and, you know, try to offer them a chance to play, Kirk.
4: Those guys, I think, I mean, some of those schools get guys in the portal. I think what happens though is they end up going to other Power 5 schools. Yeah.
2: yeah. that's, that's the that's the tough part about the portal. You know, the, that's the thing that nobody really talks about. The portal is actually full every year, and some guys get in there. A lot of guys get in there and don't come out. And so, you mm-hmm. know, the portal is, is not as, uh, you know, it's it's not as as beautiful as as everybody makes it out to be. There is some some certainly some some things that come along with it. Uh Kirk, I want to get your input. Last night, obviously TCU uh kind of representing the smaller schools in a, in a in a playoff there. Um on one hand, they get there, which is which is good for all the smaller schools, but on the other hand, they get drubbed by uh Georgia.
4: Helpful or hurt or did it hurt? You know, that's a good question. I was really uh, excited for the game, but by halftime, I think I'd already switched to uh, Bonanza. <laughs> Bonanza! Um, <laughs> so that kind of tells you where that game was at. Well, I mean, because the semi-games are so good. And, uh, you know, with, with Georgia getting all it could take from Ohio State and, and maybe even being fortunate that Ohio State made, missed a field goal at the end, and then uh, TCU being Michigan, it, it, it seemed like, you know, we were in for a pretty good game. So for it to be that lopsided, it was really disappointing. And, be, you know, it's too bad we don't play a two-out-of-three series for football because it would be interesting to see, was it just an off night for TCU or would Georgia just crush them if they played three times? Yeah,
6: I think it's best that it's not a two-out-of-three. I think they did enough in that one game <laughs> to, uh, to prove their, their dominance. Uh, Kirk Kenny is with us. And, Kirk, I wanted to ask you, speaking of Power Fives and, and, and all of that, uh, we're into January now, and – You know, we we got through Christmas, we got through December and the end of the year. Anything new at all about the Aztecs changing conferences? Has anything new developed, or are we still in just kind of a waiting period with San Diego State?
4: I think it's going to be a wait-and-see mode until the Pac-12 figures out its its TV deal. That's what we've been hearing for months. First they have to figure out the TV component, and then after that they can kind of figure out what expansion, if any, will come. Uh, I still think there's a good reason to be hopeful, but it's just, you know, society now, we want to know right this minute, and things don't always play out that way.
2: Kirk Kinney, San Diego Union Tribune, Diego Union Tribune joins us here. Kirk, um, the season began with high hopes, right? New stadium, uh, the Aztecs looking to, to continue the climb that they have. Uh, it didn't start out that way. I would say, it's based on how it started, it finished a lot better than I think many thought it was going to finish, although it ended up with a tough loss against Middle Tennessee. How do the Aztecs build off of this year? They seem like they have a quarterback now that they might be able to do some things with. So
4: how do they build from here? I think you're right. Uh, identifying Jaden Maiden, Jalen Maiden uh, definitely, I think, turned their season around for where it was headed. And and it gives them a, something to build on coming into the spring and seeing what he can do with a full spring and summer of preparation. There's going to be some crucial spots to fill. They're missing two of their top receivers. Uh, Jesse Matthews and Terrell Shavers are going to be gone, so he's going to need to find some some new targets. But uh, there's, they still should be pretty good at running back. Um, the other big question is going to be on defense. They lost all three of their starters on the defensive line and and two or three of their top linebackers. So it's going to uh, be something to see how the replacements can step up.
6: San Diego State, I think, has put a pretty, pretty happy spin on the first season at Snapdragon Stadium, Kirk. But a lot of us thought, you know, maybe they would just be able to roll the team out there and, and draw some more fans. What, what is San Diego State University saying about the first year at Snapdragon and how do they plan to try to capitalize on this a little bit more in year number two?
4: I think you're right and obviously they're going to put a positive spin on it and I think they they do have something to be proud about in that they got the thing open in 2 years which to me yeah. in San Diego is crazy is a huge accomplishment <laughs> yeah um but there's work to do I think the biggest takeaway I had is that a lot I heard heard from a lot of fans that the prices were too high for what they saw in the field so I'm very interested to see how ticket renewals will go for season tickets. They, they sold about 15,000 season tickets for last season, you know, and I'm sure a lot of those were people who wanted to see the new place. So let's see now what the renewals will be. And I think that'll, that'll tell a lot about what fans are thinking out there. Kirk, expand a little
2: bit on Jalen Maiden. I think people forget that he wasn't, it wasn't as though he was getting quarterback reps for a large portion of last season, he was a safety and just talk about the importance of having a full offseason to kind of learn uh, that playbook more in depth. Uh, than I can't imagine him having a full grasp of everything that was going on considering he was playing on the other side of the ball.
4: Yeah, I think they definitely had to pair the playbook back when he came back over. He uh, went to defense last spring when it didn't look like there was really going to be a— a legitimate spot for him on offense at quarterbacks. And he, and he said at one point, he goes, you know, his skill set just didn't fit with what the offense coordinator was looking for at the time. And that's what kind of precipitated his move to defense. So two weeks before he became quarterback again, he, he played 65 plays at safety, made eight tackles. And then, you know, he's going to the other side of the field and, and pretty much, you know, shocked everybody, I think, with how he performed at just picking it up and going um so the biggest thing will be what you know what can he do in the spring that'll be really fun to watch one of the storylines that I'm looking forward to to see you know how does he take it to another level now and uh also there's something else to to consider is there's a new offense coordinator uh Jeff Horton but is he going to remain there or are they going to bring somebody else in Mm. so that's something else to watch for and and it'll see you know how does he click with whoever is the coordinator and or quarterback's coach the other
6: thing about San Diego State, Kirk, at least to me, over the last decade, is that they've had really one of the best offensive lines over that period in the Mountain West, and they've been able to line up and move people off the football and run the ball and and, and really keep uh, keep their defense off the field with ball control. This year, that didn't really happen, or at least it didn't happen consistently uh is the offensive line uh you know looking at an upgrade next year or some of these younger guys going to be able to step up a little bit and because I, I i always get the feeling that brady hoke still wants to start there you know he wants to be able to run the football and control the ball and uh they they didn't do that consistently this year
4: yeah this was the one, one of those years where I keep going back to 2015. The Aztecs started one and three, and I think a lot of the issues were on the offensive line. And then once it kind of clicked, they took off. They won 10 in a row. And I, I kind of kept looking to see, was this offensive line going to click, and then they would take off. And it, it never really seemed to – I think it progressed a little bit, but but then other times it seemed like it regressed. The last few weeks of the season, they had difficulty running the football. And they're losing their, their starting center, Um A couple other guys might kind of shift positions. So we'll just have to see, you know, can some newcomers and guys coming back take another step forward and and change things around this season.
2: One last thing, Kirk, before I let you get out of here, we talked a little bit about the transfer uh, from Oklahoma State, Samuela Halamaka. I think I got that right. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) You
4: guys ain't right. That was
6: impressive.
2: Um, Can
4: you tell us a little bit about it? uh i don't know a whole lot yet uh, beyond his his bio and and such i did i did note he uh he played every game last season It was about middle of the pack in tackles showed some promise um what i need to find out more about is as a redshirt freshman 3 years ago he's he played in 12 or 13 games and he started four of them then the following two years he only played in a total of nine games and from his information from Oklahoma State it didn't say whether that was because of injuries or whatnot mm. so I'm interested to see kind of you know what's going on over his career and and now what he can accomplish at San Diego State he was a backup this season um, but obviously that's with a, a power five conference and and we'll see you know what can he step in and do here the Essex had six trans six or seven transfers last season and Six of those guys all stepped into starting roles, so I think there would be that same expectation for whatever transfers they get this season.
2: Yeah, I was just going to say the Essex have had some success in the transfer portal and being able to plug guys in. Kirk, as always, love catching up with you. Let's do it again.
4: Thanks, guys. i was Chris Kenny
2: Kurt. of the San Diego Union-Tribune on the Premier Chevrolet of Carlsbad fan hotline. Save money the right way with Premier Chevrolet of Carlsbad. Visit today in the Carlsbad Auto Mall Chevrolet. Find new roads. Also, listen to 97.3 The Fan and thousands of other stations, plus millions of podcasts for free on the Odyssey app. Uh, Chris, yeah, you know, this year was, um, I think for most would say it was a disappointing football season for the Aztecs compared to what things have been like over the past few years. But I, I did feel like they got a chance to to build off of, of what they created there at the back end of the season.
3: Yeah,
6: that and the fact that, you know, if this is a bad season, I mean, Tony, you and yeah. I really saw some bad <laughs> seasons. Touche. You know Touché. what I mean? I mean, winning two games, winning three games, getting blown off the field consistently – and this, this qualifies as a bad season to go to a bowl game and only win seven games. To me, that just tells you where the program is, is at. And, and I fully expect that they'll be up around nine or 10 wins again next year moving forward. And you know, have confidence in Brady Hope to, you know, pick up what he got from this year and, and improve upon it. You know, I, I was pleased. I, I told you that, you know, where we used to be with San Diego State football to where we are now. No doubt. Yeah, you can be a little disappointed that they didn't dominate the conference this year. But, you know, it's not easy to just roll out their 10 wins season after season. So I, 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 I'm, I'm excited about what's coming up.
2: Uh, in Padre news, not necessarily Padre news, but could have been Padre news. Johnny Cueto off the board goes to the ah. Miami Marlins. Eight One year's eight and a half mil for Johnny Cueto. Let's get to break. Four o'clock hour on the way. Should be a fun four o'clock hour. Chris versus the fans. Great 415 topic out in New York. This has to do with radio hosts and teammates on the radio station. We'll get into it all. Michael K. Square in the middle. Plus a big five. More going and Chris on the way.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on What's in Your Podcast queue.